Welcome back to Legal Beagles. And I think I just said Legal Beagles. It's not plural, it's Legal Beagle. There's only one Beagle. But he, he does know the law, so that's important. Today we're going to talk about medical malpractice, but not from the perspective that you would think. We're not going to talk about what makes a good medical malpractice claim. We're actually going to talk about why it's so hard to get attorneys to take these claims. And and for those of you that are listening to this that have struggled trying to get an attorney to schedule a consultation and talk with you about your potential medical malpractice claim, let me shed some light on that. And my colleagues may disagree, but I'll boil it down to this simple fact. The cost of medical malpractice claims is extraordinary. And if the value of the injury doesn't justify the cost that you'd have to spend, then the law firm or the attorney that you're talking to is probably going to pass. And we're no different. And and that's just the economics of law. And unfortunately, that still exists in our business, meaning I wish it was different. I wish it wasn't so costly to bring these claims so that when people are, are really hurt because a doctor messes up and there's good evidence to support that, I wish that that, that client would have some sort of recourse. But, but because these claims are so expensive, it becomes challenging for the law firm to look at the potential outcome and make sense of it from a financial perspective. So if you've pursued one of these and you've, you've gone in and, and had some sort of procedure done or an operation and, and you feel like the, the doctor may have messed up, by all means, you can have a conversation with an attorney and, and you may have multiple conversations. But what I hear from the folks that call us is they're not being told why the, the law firm won't take it. And, and I think the reason for that is there's, on our side of things, at least as, as I see it, there's concern that if you tell the client there isn't a claim or that there is you know, not a possible outcome that's going to be in their favor, you could dissuade the, the client from pursuing other representation and that could be conceived or perceived, excuse me, we're not conceiving anything. We're, we're perceiving things. That could be perceived as, as legal malpractice. So I want to cut, all, cut through all of that. And I just want to be straight up. And we try to do that with our clients. We try to tell them what's really going on and, and why we're not taking uh, a claim that, that wouldn't make sense for us to take. But, but let's say here's an example of, of a call that we may get or a, an inquiry that, that may be made by a potential client. The client was getting a procedure done on their toe and the doctor didn't properly stitch up the toe after the procedure and the, the client, or in that case, the patient, developed an infection and then the client had to either get multiple procedures to, to cure that defection or to cure that uh, infection or take antibiotics and and you know they were they missed some work and and it caused all of this mental anguish and 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 real um, 
pain and suffering for, for the client. That is a claim that I don't think you'd find many attorneys interested in. And the reason why is because one, although there could be an argument that, that not stitching up the toe correctly is a risk of the, the procedure, that, that could be an issue. So you, you could have a liability issue. But even if you get past that, even if you have really, really good evidence that supports the claim, that is not a claim that would justify what you would have to spend to try to prove that this doctor in this case was, was responsible for what happened. And, and let me take it a step further and explain why. So in Arizona, you have two things working against you. One, the physician has to consent to be interested in settling the claim before the insurance carrier can even try to settle the claim. So we had a case where we had the physician dead to right on, on medical malpractice. And the physician for the longest time would not consent to settle the claim. The insurance carrier told us they felt like it was a claim that should be settled, but the, the physician would not consent to that. And the physician doesn't consent then the carrier can't settle it and the case has to be tried. And, and there's reasons on the other side of this. Uh, if I ever have the opportunity to have a, a doctor as a guest on this show, I'll, 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 have, I'll ask those questions and we can, we can talk about why uh, doctors may not consent uh, when there's purported you know, malpractice that, that is being made against them. But so that's, that's the first thing that's being um, used against you. The second thing, or, or that could work against you, the second thing uh, is that in Arizona, if you file a lawsuit against a physician, there's a requirement that you have to have another physician in that same specialty or type of practice that is saying, yes, there was a breach of the standard of care. Uh, there was something that this physician, this doctor did wrong. And therefore, I'm certifying this case is ripe for, for litigation. You don't have that, then your case is not going to go very far. And so the reason that that's, that's something that could work against you is that's expensive. You have to go hire a doctor uh, who charges much more than they would charge in their practice to, to practice medicine to write a report, to review records, write a report, possibly meet with you, the, the client, and then make the determination that your case is uh, one that would, uh, would be ripe for litigation, would, would allow for litigation, right? And so those are expensive. So let's say all in, in that case with the toe, let's say all in medical expenses, the original procedure had to happen. So that, that wouldn't be included, but let's say there was an additional procedure and it was like, you know, another $1,500 and then there's antibiotics and the cost of those, you know, maybe $100. And then there was a couple of days, you know, missed from work, let's say even a whole week. And that's, you know, $500. And, and, and so you've got damages, you know, totaling just over $2,000. It would cost that amount just to have a doctor look at this and write a report. And so that's why an attorney or a law firm may say they're not interested when you bring them a medical malpractice claim. Now, I want to put a disclaimer on here, and this is not because I'm worried about legal malpractice, but it's because sometimes you don't know. And so I don't want you to assume that if your medical bills or your damages, your calculation of losses 
isn't a certain number, you shouldn't even bother reaching out. There's nothing wrong with calling a law firm. You can certainly call ours and say, look, this is what happened. I just want to know if I if I have a potential claim that I can I can bring. And we're going to be upfront with you. And we're going to be straight with you. And we're going to tell you what what we think of that potential claim. Now, we may, all, we may also tell you that you should go talk to another attorney because it's always good to get a second opinion, just like you would in the medical profession. Nothing wrong with that. But if you start to get multiple opinions that all are similar and they're all saying this is not a claim that that, that law firm or that attorney would take, then you're probably in a situation where uh, you could be working against some of those things that we talked about during this this podcast. So that's, in my opinion, that's why medical malpractice claims are so um, difficult to get off the ground. I'm not going to even get into the complexity of medical malpractice claims and what happens. And, and there are some very, very good attorneys in, in town um, that that do this and only this. By, by this, I mean medical malpractice uh, work. And, and, and I'll look to have a podcast with one of them so we can talk a little bit more about the, the intricacies of, of medical malpractice claims. But for now, I wanted to give a general overview about why these cases are so hard um, to get uh, represented ex- or to get an attorney to accept representation. So with that, I'm at my 10-minute mark. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and look for more information uh, in the coming week.